1: The information provided and discussed is strictly for educational and informational purposes only. Any use of any information is done so at your own risk. DV Radio LLC, as well as the hosts and guests of the show, take no responsibility if you wish to use any of the information in your daily life. Again, the topics discussed are strictly for informational and educational purposes only.
2: I am Chris, the CEO. My name is Paul, I'm the COO. I am Chris, aka
1: Luke Chris, the Chief Technical Officer. My name
0: is Zach. I'm the Chief Marketing Officer, I'm better known as the When Marketing Officer because it never gets done, right? Okay. Okay. Infinity.
2: Our long show, we will talk about affinity, crypto in general, DeFi, blockchain technology. technology uh and just talk about anything whatever the hell we feel like talking about get to know us at a little more personal level gambling nonsense
1: is there cursing rules <laughs> or anything no
2: you say whatever the fuck you want <laughs> i think they'd be more worried if you didn't
1: curse <laughs> love these guys show me the money
2: hey good morning everybody welcome to affinity protocol uh wdvrdv radio.net yeah we are here on another fine sunday morning morning everybody Oh, Chris, Zach. What up? What's morning. up? Morning, morning. morning, morning. You still lame, Chris. What? I say you still lame. Lame? I feel lame. Lame don't. No. All I mean right. at least at least you know. <laughs> it's gonna be like that. Alright. Uh yeah,
0: I'm feeling, man. I ain't gonna lie. I mean you texted us hella late. I was like, oh Chris ain't gonna make it to bed on
2: time. No nah, I mean, man. Yeah, that's just I'm Man, I mean it's my usual bedtime. Five o'clock in the morning? Whatever. No, I think I text you at what, like two? <laughs> no something like that. Something like that. <laughs> I know,
0: I was still up too, so I can't say anything.
2: Oh man. Still fighting this cold too.
1: Still? Yeah. Damn, kid, you dying.
2: I
0: know. Man. That shit stuck around for a while. <laughs> And it wasn't even, like, bad, bad. It's just, it's just like, a lingering head cold. You know, it just makes you feel fucking
2: bloated. Yucks. Yep. yep. That's why last night, like, this whole weekend, you know, normally I have a few beers or whatever. I didn't have one this whole weekend. I was like, I'm not doing it. Cause that's what got me last weekend. So I just took uh, a whole lot of water last night. Oh, I know. I was I'd be online. happy to know I killed that whole gallon damn that's that's
1: a little bit that's a little extra man i'm on I'm the line
2: <laughs> i'm gonna try to do a little bit more water these days so uh we'll see how that goes <laughs> Morning, ray be interesting yeah I'm just gonna be cranky drinking nothing but water yep cranky old man snatch up kids balls that land on my lawn Taking them in the house. <laughs> well, pause. <laughs> no, it's mine now. What? Not man. Man, shut up. man, talk
0: about loan kids and shit. I said pause. Mortgages. What? Is that what you say? You about to pay off your car too, right? Yeah. Like Look at you.
2: Yeah, my last payment next you. month. <laughs>
0: you can get in an accident
2: next month, too. No, I don't say that. <laughs> that's true, though, because the van was paid off, and then that, that accident happened right afterwards. Nah, he's gonna get caught in another ditch. <laughs> nah, I don't treat my Corolla like that. Just the minivan. Yeah, that's my baby. Uh, so, anyway, I finally sent my titles in, so maybe I'll actually get a, a Massachusetts
1: fucking title tuned. Wouldn't <laughs> that be nice?
3: man massachusetts is fucking me because you know how like when you have a lien basically the V sends the title over to the bank yeah yeah they haven't sent it to usa yet
1: you don't want to talk to me about title stuff man <laughs> it's been like a <laughs> month already <laughs> Russ, bro you don't want to talk to me about title stuff i'm going on two years right now two years of cars paid off no titles what the hell yeah how'd you manage that one so basically I bought the me and my wife's cars. I bought them when I was stationed in Washington state. And, uh, just the way that like the, you know, the lean holder, like Chris is talking about works. Basically they kind of, they, they messed something up, whether it was with the fact that they did like the electronic title or whatever it was, I don't know exactly what it was, but they, they messed something up. So moved, you know, to Rhode Island and went to Massachusetts they paid, paid the car off at that point. Like the bank sends a letter. They're like, Hey, yeah, it's paid off. Here you go. Congratulations. You did. You did good. You didn't default on a loan. Awesome. Never got my title in the mail from Massachusetts. I'm like, all right, this is weird. So I end up finally like calling and being like, yo, am I supposed to be getting a title in the mail? Like the fuck's going on here? And they're like, Oh, well we need the Washington title. And I'm like, what do you mean? You need the Washington title. Oh like, yeah, we need the Washington title. I'm like, no, like the car's registered in Massachusetts. Like I, I don't have a lien hold. Like there's, what are you talking about? You need a Washington title. And I basically get yelled at by the RMV because you know, it's a massive RMV telling me that like, I'm wrong. I need a Washington title. And I'm like, all right, whatever. So I end up calling Washington and they're like, no, you, you don't need a Washington title. Like, we're looking in the, the system now. Like you're, you're good. I, I don't know what they're telling me. You, you don't need a Washington title. So now I'm starting to get pissed. Cause so I'm like, yo, I just want a fucking title. Like I, I did done paid the fucking car off. At this point, it had been like six or seven months, maybe eight months since I paid the cars off. I'm just like, I want my fucking title. So between the bank and Washington and the mass mass RMV, I keep like asking those questions and not getting anywhere. So I finally get pissed and I reached out to the uh, Massachusetts department of transportation ombudsman. Cause I'm like, somebody going to answer me some fucking questions right about now. So talk to that dude. And he's basically like, yeah, it looks like there's some sort of glitch in the system. Whenever they went to give you like transfer the title from Washington to mass. Oh, it's like the system. Oh yeah. He's like, I don't know what it is, but like something happens. Um, But basically he was like, What I can do on my end is I can work on having them basically undo the the automatic title process application that started in Massachusetts so that you can go back to Rhode Island or not Rhode Island, uh Washington and get a title through them so it'll be like officially titled in Washington. And then when you get that title, all you should have to do is send it in with us and like you'll be good. And I'm like, Okay, you know, sounds good, whatever. Tooks like four months to get this issue fixed in the system so i finally after that call washington and they're like oh holy shit yeah it is it is titled in washington now we can we can print you a title and they're like we just need the you know the the proof that you paid the the loan off and i'm like i i sent that to you and they're like yeah that doesn't work (laughs) What, what do you mean that doesn't work that's a piece of a notarized piece of paper from the bank saying that they're no longer a lien holder like an interested party or like all that fun shit and they're like yeah well because it's an electronic title we need, um, uh, what is, uh, some, some sort of like, um, loss of, loss of interest in lieu of electronic title. And that's a bank generated form and blah, blah, blah. So I call the bank back and they're like, yeah, we don't know what that form is. And I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. So after back and forth there, I finally talk to someone who seems to think like, Hey, I understand what's going on. And they're like, yeah, let me put this request in. I'm like, great. So they, they put the request in. Like, every two weeks, I'm calling and asking, like, hey, what's the status on this request? And they're like, ah, oh, it just says it's in process. So I kind of, like, forget about it. That one's on me. Like, another, like, three months go by, and I'm finally like, yo, this is getting fucking ridiculous. So I finally call back, and I'm like, yo, what's the status of this request? And they're like, oh, it was terminated. And I'm like, why was it terminated? And I can't remember the reason off the top of my head, because at that point, I'm, like, seeing rent just absolutely fucking rip shit pissed. And, uh, but it was terminated for like some stupid technicality. So I about lose my shit. And instead of yelling at the bank employee, I I hung up on her. I was like, I'm, she does not want to understand like what is about to happen if I was to stay on the phone with her. So I call back the bank again, like the next day after like a cool down a little bit, (laughs) and I feel bad for the dude, but like he was on it. He was good. First dude I talked to, I just go, Hey man, this ain't your fault, but I'm gonna need to talk to your boss's boss. Like right the fuck now. And so he's like he's like yeah man like trust me i'll transfer you just like give me the backstory so like i give him the story and this this dude you know and these calls are probably recorded so i hope he didn't catch no heat for this he literally goes damn dude what the hell happened with your stuff (laughs) i was like i was like yeah hence me like i want to talk to a supervisor like right now he was like i know exactly who to send you to and i'm like all right cool finally talked to this dude and he's like yeah let's look at these and he's like he literally on the, on the phone, he's like, I've never seen this before. I have no idea what's going on. So he finally worked whatever magic stuff, got some request in thing, whatever. Three weeks later, the Washington department of licensing calls me and they're like, Hey, we got your title is going through. We're going to send you a registration as like a show of good faith. Cause we know you've been waiting on this. So like, you know, your registration is going to say owner is, is, uh, uh, is you type thing. And then you'll get the titles here in a couple of weeks. Finally got the fucking titles in, called mass RMV, got lucky. Who I, I don't know how I got lucky. The first dude I talked to was, was decent. He looked both of them up and was like, yo, just, just mail these fuckers in. Just, you know, get a tracking number. Make sure you have the tracking number. Send them in. You know, if you want to type out a little letter saying to call you if there's any problems or something like that, do that. He was like, but according to what I'm seeing, like, you're, you're two for two on both vehicles. Just send the titles in and we'll generate the mass ones. So I mailed those on Friday. So let's fucking see. I'm just going to give you a heads up. When I was registering my vehicle, I think they
3: said it was like a either a three-week or a three-month wait. Oh,
1: because I don't there's... care because it, it took... I, I, bro, I'm two years deep into this right now. Like, I don't give a shit how long it's going to end up taking as long as I get a fucking title at the end of it. You know, I'm just giving you a heads up. Yeah. it. Sounds like
3: de- it sounds like dealing with the VA, though. Bro, it's bad, dude. It's right. fucking bad.
2: Hey, remind me later we got to work on uh, having you abbreviate your stories a little bit. We got to work mm-hmm. on it. Uh, you know what, I'll just meet up. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. I know you're waiting to tell that story. I heard it. Well, anyway, uh I know there was something we want to talk about with uh what was it, Chris? Artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence I know we want to talk about so we do I wanna I wanna go over a couple things in this show, so everybody that's here, you stick around Listen, We do wanna talk about AI. We also wanna bring up some stuff about uh uh Coinbase and everything that's happening with that, and some other things. I know I talked about it a little bit last show, uh, but I wanna talk about it with the whole group. Uh but yeah, what's up, man? I know AI is hot right now. Everybody's using it, it seems like. Um, and, you know, like everybody. Even the Elon Musk using the shit. I mean all over twitter what's going on what's your thoughts on it?
3: i mean so i'm gonna speak for from it from a security point point of view and from what i've seen so for one uh like on tiktok twitter there's a bunch of videos going on when people are actually making like fake conversations of people and even using ai to actually use voices like you know like whether, whether it was like a speech or just like a you know, speaking on TV, they're using those conversations, parsing them up and creating realistic conversations of like the ones I've seen are, are the presidents like Obama, Trump, all that. And the problem with that is, you know, how people are, they're not willing to basically do their own research. They're not willing. They'll take anything at face value, essentially. So if there's no. like a convincing enough speech that was created and generated by AI, it could cause a hectic situation because once again people will not do their own research. And then on the second part is that uh things like Chat GPT, uh Google's version of AI, Microsoft Being's version of AI, a lot of people are using it to create code. Uh whether that's Solidity, JavaScript, whatever whether wherever it may be. And what happens with this code is that there's a lot of security vulnerabilities in there. There's also disclaimers in the chat that basically says, do not use this code without reviewing it first. But you know how people are, once again, they'll ignore those code or that those are errors and basically use that for production. And that just implements a lot, a lot of security flaws.
2: Oh well, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, think about last, uh, last year and a half or so with the amount of it, maybe even like two years, uh, all, the amount of people that were just, copy and pasting uh, code from other people and deploying it on whatever the hell, whatever network it is, and having no idea really what's behind that code. And then come to find out they were copying code from other either scams or uh, other other projects or tokens that were buggy or whatever it may be, and they have no idea because they're just copying it. Uh, they see it up and running, and they're like, oh, this is good. So this will work. And they grabbed that code. Uh, we've seen that a lot. Uh, probably about a year and a half ago or so. So, yeah, this this is going to open up the doors for a lot more of that kind of shit.
3: Like, Don't get me wrong. I love AI. I wrote white paper on AI, and I fell in love with AI. But it's just one of those technologies that you have to be careful with. Yeah. If you're not, it can cause a lot more harm
2: than good. Yeah, it's it it's, can be abused, you know? Just like anything else, and in the the wrong hands, it can be a a terrible tool. But it is, you know, on the flip side, it is pretty, pretty damn powerful. Because if you're if you're just looking for information, or even if you are looking for a snippet of code, or if you're looking for, uh, you know, like um, I know there was uh, tested it a couple times with something that I knew was a bug. And I'll, I'll copy that snippet in there and tell it to debug it and it'll find it. Um, not always, but obviously it's a, it's a tool to help uh, in, in a lot of different ways. Like you, like you said, whether you're looking it to uh, maybe write something for you or answer a question or, or debug something, but you have to have at least a level of knowledge and intelligence to understand that it's not flawless, uh, that it's not going to, you know, find everything and give you something that's, a finished polished product even when you're having it write um letters and things like that i've seen people on on twitter talking about it either writing letters or or whatever it may be you got to read through that stuff you can't can't just take it and and uh throw it up on on uh either in an email or you know send it off i can't imagine people having that thing write resumes imagine that and then they don't read through it and uh you know god knows what's in there so you know use it as a tool but be careful. But AI is, is the uh, the hot thing right now, I'll tell you that. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, I second that. So, like, from a marketing perspective, I've done my research on it, of course, because you know, just the, uh, you know, never-ending, uh, that's the word I'm looking for. Just um, progressiveness progressiveness of our space and just i mean the world in general right i mean this this ai is not just for the crypto world it's going to be used in a lot of industries right so um in the marketing perspective it just kind of hits on what you just said there where um, it replaces my job but it also doesn't at the same time like you can't have a yes a robot can spit you out of speech but you still got to look it over and it's not going to be Personable as if I were to write it, right? It's going to be kind of robotic. Um, you know, of course, and I've looked at ChatGPT and stuff like that. And that's what I've found um, is that it's just very generalized statements about what you're trying to ask. Um, and it's just good at giving insight. It's not necessarily good at being personable. And at the end of the day, you still need people who are going to run a business. You still need people who are going to talk for the business and stuff like that. So, um, you know, there's certain jobs that end up being safe, but uh, there's, you know, something like a a content plan, or you know, even I mean, technically, you can have it create a, like an email template in which that you can you know put out monthly, and of course you're gonna look it over and stuff like that. But I mean, shit, that's gonna save an email marketer hours. Oh yeah, hours. Absolutely. You know, create a template, change a few words, make it a little personable, and you're good to go. It take them freaking ten minutes to do instead of an hour. So that's yeah, very interesting. Very, very, very interesting
3: i mean yeah like right. uh ai itself speaking on the helpfulness is very used in the cybersecurity space like when you're doing logs for example nobody wants to review like logs that are created every second of a network so using ai can basically use ai to basically pick out your most important especially if there's like a cyber attack or whatever instead of combing through those logs i mean there are people who are still paid for it just to look at logs but What you may see is a lot of those jobs getting phased out and replacement for AI and then AI specific jobs being created, like people looking for developers who can code AI specific languages and stuff like that. Just like how we saw when automation became a thing like cars, for example, when cars were being used to be made, they were made by hand. Every single inch of them was made by hand. Now, if you go to like a Tesla factory, a Ford factory, whatever it may be, unless you go the high end, uh, a lot of those are automated with robots.
2: Well, of course. I mean, you know, robots themselves have been using, you know, have been evolving like that, you know, like you said, for factories and, and you know, building cars and, and building things for, uh, uh, Computers and and any anything in, in the IT realm has been happening for quite a while, but yeah, it's evolving to the point where I think it's crazy. Where they I, I forget who it was, I was talking. I think forget even who I was talking to. Maybe Zach the other day about uh, who was setting up a robot. Like they had a robot, and then they had Chat GPT going to the robot, and they were like trying to see what it would be like if Chat GPT was a physical object That's and how it me. would react. Oh, was it you? That's yeah, crazy. Me actually- and they had to take it offline because they got too into intellectually
3: smart. Yeah, get out of here with that stuff. I don't want to yeah. deal with that. <laughs> so I'm gonna give you a fun fact. When I was doing my uh white paper on AI, machine learning, and deep learning, AI, all those aren't new. They've been around since like the nineteen fifties. Oh yeah. Which is completely insane. It it blew my mind when I first found out that fact.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's. I think that screws us all up when we think about how long a lot of this shit has been around. Uh, just gets better, a lot
3: better. Yeah, even computers. Computers been around even before the 1900s. Like the concept of computers, not what we use today, but the concept of computers been around for quite a while.
2: Yeah, I had no electricity back then, man. Yeah, obviously it's not the same, <laughs> but just the the concept of it. No, I'm just joking. You said, you said 1900s before the 1900s. Yeah. Yeah. Say so we weren't in the 1900s that long ago, man. <laughs>
3: but people think like when they think of the first computers, that big machine that's in, that was in a, I guess you can call it a server room. That's basically just a bunch of cables that you're plugging in and out, but shit has been a long, been for a while
2: well we'll see what the next next uh, level of ai brings but it's it's definitely something that people are, are grabbing onto and it's going to be uh um, when, when uh when you look at the, the history of what has pushed us into different um like technological booms and things like that uh one thing i guess talked a lot about the current our uh, current uh generation is obviously blockchain technology and now ai so those are the two things that are in the conversation as far as what is going to bring us into the next technological evolution um, and it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out I, I i believe yeah those those two are going to play a huge part i just don't know exactly how right now and, and we'll see how uh how it plays out but going to be an interesting next decade, man. That's for sure. Yeah, it, it will be. <laughs> uh, side note, there was a
3: story, like a audio book I was reading. It was basically about AI. Uh, it was a planet that created AI to basically try to solve their problems. So, like Nobody was hungry. Everybody had a job. You know, the things that common play a society. Essentially, the, the AI got so smart, it enslaved all its people. What the hell? <laughs> yep. <laughs> so that that is a worry that people do have. Like, will the AI ever become so smart that it tries to overtake human society?
2: Yeah, we all seen Terminator. You can't <laughs> fool me.
3: <laughs> like even before AI became popular when uh when the when it first started like hitting its stride, its technological stride in the in the two thousands, two thousand, two thousand tens, a lot of people were referencing uh,
2: Skynet yeah well you remember uh you you guys might not have seen it because it's a really old movie but you see war games no. oh man you gotta watch it it's a it's an old 80s movie but it kid basically gets social engineered by an AI game uh it's it's called war games and he thinks he's playing a game but he's literally causing a thermonuclear war across the globe while he thinks he's playing a video game yeah it's pretty cool classic uh but you know yeah he's basically being social engineered by ai because the game keeps you know wanting him to play and you know tricking him into thinking whatever uh yeah check it out check it out definitely gotta watch it but it is an 80s film so you got to take all the jankiness and shit with it So, all right. Well, the other thing with, you no, know, we, we, uh, we, we're picking on AI a little bit right now. Uh, last week I talked a little bit about it, but because we were going over the, the BUSD thing and, and, uh, USDC and everything else that's going on with SDC and all the other acronyms that I can think of and spit out right now. Uh, <laughs> So one, one thing that got pushed heavily in the news because of that is, uh, Coinbase. And there's a lot that you can dive into with, with Coinbase. Um, they are a, a large company that is traded on the stock markets. You can, you can get their stock on the New York stock exchange. They are, their assets are actually insured by FDIC, which is a a banking, um, regulator. So, you know, obviously, you know, F is for federal. So, you got to think that the federal government has a hands in some things there. Uh, there's a lot to dive into and uh, and there's a lot of speculation as well. And we're going to see how everything plays out. But um it is kind of odd that you know, the last 6 months or so, maybe a little less, but uh yeah, Binance being attacked through the whole FTX debacle. And, you know, they are a company that's... Where, where's I know, where's their headquarters? I know uh, CZ lives in Canada, and they obviously have... He's from China originally, so his ties back to China. But I know the company is based out of... Where is it? It's like Barbados or something?
3: Yeah, it's, one, it's not the Virgin Islands. Uh, it's one of those uh, Caribbean islands.
2: Yeah, so... You know, obviously, they're not a U.S. company. That's that's the the bottom line there. And and Coinbase is, FTX was. Uh, so, what's really going on behind the scenes? There, obviously, we all don't know, but we can we can kind of speculate a little bit on it and and discuss that. But uh, there was news that came out that said uh, Coinbase is kind of the ones that went to the SEC and told them about BUSD and had, you know, told them they should look into them because they look like a security. And, um, and then they refused to comment on it when they were asked if they actually did do that. So, you know, is Coinbase going to become, and I don't mean this in a negative way, as far as are they going to take everybody's money and collapse? Uh, but are they going to become the favorite of the U S government? Sort of like FTX was, and a lot of other people okay I'm back. what do you think
0: <laughs> would you say it again sorry i
2: literally had to grab my coffee Yes, what you said again oh man I, i'm not repeating all that now okay, no, no. no. i was even talking about coinbase just talk about coinbase as far as what are you what are your thoughts as are they being kind of groomed and and set up or are they like you know what i mean by either People that want to make money off them, same way they did with FTX, right? There was a lot of people that really kind of just jumped on that, promoted it, invested in it, knowing that they were going to make a whole lot of money without really knowing a whole lot about the company itself. Now, Coinbase has been out for a while and they are publicly traded. There is a lot more data and information and history there, uh, which in my mind, obviously it it, it they feel and, and seem on the surface like a much safer play than FTX. They seem to have their shit together. But is this a play that the government, the U.S. government specifically, is looking to leverage and stand on to kind of try to push regulation and push outside companies like Binance aside? You think?
0: Oh, sorry, I was going to make a joke. I was, so you say full-time traded about Coinbase. I say full-time dumped. I was going to say his favorite person investing in FTX, Tom Brady. Oh, man,
3: don't
2: go there.
0: Oh, yeah, that's one
2: boy. <laughs> that's one think boy. He can have his money.
0: But no, um... <laughs> excuse me. Um... I do think that it's going to be a, another gateway for malicious activity. Personally, um, I think this is probably where the digital dollar is going to go. Um, I think it's going to be, you know, I want to say the the Kickstarter of the at least just the U.S. part. I know the the world's got some shit going on too, but the U.S. portion, um, as we've talked about personally too, that Coinbase is probably going to be the central entity of the U.S. and I mean, which. What better way to do that than to create a layer two and then put the U.S. dollar on it?
2: Yeah, yeah. Actually, you know what? I didn't even consider that. That that might be one way, one reason why they're doing the layer two. Yeah, because they already came out and said they're not doing their own token, which is probably smart by them. Because, again, yeah. if, they're, if they are working with agencies and, and trying to get some things to working with regulation, it would be tougher for them to do that if they had their own asset. Right. Yeah. What was you going to say, Chris? I wasn't going to say anything. I already said what I was going to say. Oh. no! Nah, man. <laughs> yeah. You and Zach were going talk at the same time. I thought you had something to say. <laughs> no, nah, I just said your first Tom Brady, investing in FTX. Oh, ah, man. All right. That guy sucks. Let's get that out of the way. Yeah.
3: Well, um, all I'm going to say is anytime we see the government stick, well, I should say the U.S. government stick its hand into something. It's usually something that's going to benefit the U.S. government.
2: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's kind of what I was thinking with it. Right. And, and I don't want to take anything away from Coinbase. I definitely don't. Because this, you know, but I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. And I don't know what games or deals are being made and everything like that. So uh, until that information, if it ever comes out, comes out. Uh, I don't want to speak poorly on on that company. But it is when you whenever you're working that closely, especially with Gary, the SEC, uh, it don't look good. It doesn't look good for uh, the, the people in the. Crypto and in DeFi, of course, the people that are, are investors in, in SEC, uh, I'm sorry, in, in Coinbase uh, through the stock market, uh, you know, or, or private investors or whatever it may be, they're going to be all over it because this is an opportunity for them to make money like they did in FTX. And then if something happens, they'll just walk away. Uh, blame it on somebody else. But who uh, Who knows? I don't like it. it. Stinks. And uh I I really hope it doesn't become one of those things where they try to leverage them so hard that they try to push all of uh you know the other the other fish out of the pond. And you know, one thing obviously in in DeFi it's it's much easier to to hold on to everything and and maintain course and that's why we need to continue to really expand and and spread the word of DeFi because these agencies that are are kind of being or these companies and and everything else that are kind of being pushed are all centralized um government loves centralization so the more centralized something is the more they're going to get their fingers in it and and try to screw with regulation to the point where it's going to make it difficult to operate I think we're going to see a lot more of that coming, where they're going to make it much more difficult for centralized exchanges, centralized companies, and anything that's centralized in the crypto world, they're going to make it more difficult for them to operate. That's what I see. That's my opinion on it. So... If your opinion was relevant and valid, then
0: maybe we would care. Okay.
2: Okay. Maybe I'll do like Paul and mute out. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, no it's, it's a touchy I mean it's, it's especially with all this stuff going on with Binance as well like kind of synonymously with it like it's kind of weird you know it's like they're setting it's like they're setting up for something um, and of course we've <laughs> yeah always been in the position of don't ask don't tell so
2: I don't know. say what? How we get back to that? Okay. No. <laughs> okay. Okay, George Bush. I know. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> it's true though. It's yeah. true. Speaking of which, though, so Chris uh, brought up. You say something about? Did you look at Coinbase's uh, chart on the stock market? I have not. Oh, I thought that's uh, where you go. I,
0: no, I, that's what I said. Oh, I, Yeah, I said, you say trading, I said dumped. Oh, there you go, there you go. That was, that was one of my biggest losers in the stock market. I ain't gonna lie, this shit got wrecked. I, I tried to options trade that shit and I got
2: destroyed. Yeah, I think they're down from like 300 to 58 or something like that right now.
0: <laughs> yeah. Man, that's just a bleeding. So, they did nothing but go down since they freaking launched. Yeah.
2: Definitely happens in the stock market too. It doesn't just happen in the crypto markets, everybody. So just mm-hmm. go look at their chart if you want. Uh, a lot of examples of that.
0: That happened a to phase too, I think, when uh, they first dropped from the IPO. Yeah. I think they they Yeah, they pumped a little bit and then they just went straight downward. He said phase? Yeah. As in like the old gamer group. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know they, they launched. Yep. Yeah, yeah yeah, that was actually a whole last thing too. Um, all the founders, I think split up after that. All of them or two of them did cause it was a huge, uh, power struggle for who owned, you know, what of the company and stuff like that between face banks and face Jeff and all stuff like that. Um, yeah, they didn't, they did some of the other people dirty on that team, brought in outside companies. These outside companies basically said, you guys got an IPO that's going to do you better. Blah, 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 blah they IPO'd ended up having way more of the company than they, but they thought stuff like that. Yeah. They fucked them over pretty good. Yeah. was the first, uh, first gaming company to IPO though.
2: Yeah. I kind of, I kind of had a feeling something like that would happen when they did IPO that, that can really put a lot of pressure on, on a company. Never mind uh, like, like gaming company being the first out there. And they were like, you know, that's, that's tough. Oh yeah. You know, For sure. Going public puts a lot of pressure on him and we could correlate that to even just being in the, in the defi market with an asset because, you know, although it's drastically different, one's a security, one's not one, one is uh, ownership in the company. The other one is uh, ownership in products in, in, in assets. But the mindset is very, very similar to the, to the individuals that are, uh, putting their money up and putting trust in in those companies and the projects so it, it is a lot of pressure we can attest to that and anybody else that uh that has a, uh, a token asset or any kind of asset uh, in crypto can also relate to that as well um, it might it could be more so in the in the crypto market the difference being is the scale is obviously a lot different when you're in the the stock market you're dealing with uh potentially millions and millions of of investors and and obviously all the regulation everything that goes on with that as well uh but the the fact that you still have to uh maintain as much or you should maintain as much transparency as much um, openness and communication with the people that are part of your um you know investment or holders or, or however you want to state it it's very very similar to the amount of pressure that's put on on a company now with with companies that are, are public on the stock market you know they the the holders of those securities are part owners of that company so they're they're looking for a return on their investment they want to see transparency they have to report because now it's a public company they have to report all their financials publicly they have to have public meetings allow shareholders in all of that stuff. Um, uh, now what happens in DeFi is so, a lot of people feel that that should be the same way, but it's not again, because the token is, is an asset. It is not a security and we never want to make it a security. Therefore you, it's not ownership of the company, meaning as much as we are transparent and we like to be transparent, it's not required. So other projects and, and, and companies out there, uh, can maintain whatever level of privacy they want with their financials, with uh, whatever they're doing behind the scenes, and just give you whatever information that they want to put out there. And there's really not a whole lot you can do about that. Uh, so as you're going through these and looking at what's going on, just remember that. And we do it because it's important. We feel it's important, but not everybody shares that same mindset. It's very true. It's very true. But it is it is something that does confuse, I think, a lot of people because it is new, relatively speaking. You know, crypto and DeFi is new. And we see it all the time where there is that, that thought behind it that it's the same as owning shares in a company. And it is it is drastically different. And I will stress the fact that we want to maintain that. It is drastically different. If we want to keep securities and assets separate and regulation separate. So let's not push for that. I'm not pushing for any, any kind of anything like that. If you want to, you got to, you got to put more pressure on the individual and the individuals running the companies to just be a little bit more transparent with what they're doing, but you cannot force them to. What else we got going on this week? What's been around been talked about in the news? I know, uh, you know, obviously we got all things going on behind the scenes, trying to take care of things, wrapping things up. Um, hoping for a big week this week. Matter of fact, I can see Chris talking to somebody right now about some things. Um, so yeah, hope for a big week this week, but what else is going on in the, in the world of crypto DeFi technology? What's going on? I was
3: going to say, just from my personal experience, this this tech recession, so to speak, it's pretty rough right now. Um, What I mean by that is there's been a lot more layoffs uh, within the tech industry, Um, a lot more companies also as well being more. Hard, I would say, on hiring new employees because they're trying to, you know, cut finances, trying to appease uh, shareholders, things of that nature, just normal business stuff. But people who are on the receiving end are feeling it pretty hard, and usually, people yeah. who are on the receiving end are uh, the ones who really need it the most. I would say, yeah. We want to talk about what you just said, but. Well, I know what I said.
2: <laughs> it's messed up. Oh, no, you're right. And then welcome to uh even though they're not gonna call it a recession or whatever, but that's you know, hopefully this is a, a sign of I know it sounds counterproductive, but a sign of of at least trying to work our way through this recession. One thing that kinda needs to happen is job loss in order to balance out a recession and and kind of make that, that turn out of it. We really haven't seen a whole lot of that, to be honest, until like you said, all this, all this, uh, you want to, you know, like you call it the tech recession or or tech layoffs. Other than that, we haven't seen a whole lot of, uh, you know, job loss reports have been pretty good with the job reports uh, and all that. So, until something gives, and unfortunately, that usually means you know a, a certain group of of individuals that are going to feel the pain more than others. Uh, until that happens, it's going to be a struggle to get out of it. Who knows? Maybe uh, you know history will change, and we don't need to, to go through all that to to get out of this and, and curb inflation. But usually, that's how it happens. Just to curb inflation, you got to get people to stop spending, and if people don't have jobs, they don't spend. So that's usually why that happens. And we got forced into, this. we got hurled into this mainly because of, it's, it's funny because you think of COVID and you're like, Oh, well, COVID kept people in the house. Uh, you know, there was, there was some layoffs that happened. Um, but really it was the stimulus checks, uh, the fact that people were sitting in their house shopping online, being bored. Looking for things to do, yeah, sure. They weren't out and about going to malls and and everything like that. But there was a lot of money given away by the government. There was uh, a lot of people sitting around, you know, twiddling their thumbs. Uh, you know, look at the, the the crypto market boom that happened at the height of of COVID. You know, there's a lot of money flowing around. So uh, that has slowed, but. We haven't reached the point yet where people stop spending money enough to let inflation come back down to normal, obviously with a lot of other things that need to happen too, but that's just one catalyst.
3: Yeah. Amazon, I'm just going to say big online retailers. We had a lot of money uh, during uh, the COVID era slash quarantine era, especially it it made people who were companies that were primarily like in store shopping, really beef up the online services to help, you know, you know, allow people to spend more money. In addition to that, people were really looking for new hobbies. So when you're looking for a new hobby that requires uh, spending more money, especially people who had expensive hobbies.
2: Oh yeah. 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 They made a ton of money uh, during that time. We're looking at earning reports coming out of that. It was crazy. Yeah, it was so much that even Amazon
3: itself was backed up. And Amazon is, I would say, the biggest online uh, shopping company right now.
2: Oh, without a doubt. You know who's actually number two? This blew my mind, but you know number two in online retail? Alibaba? No, Walmart. Really? Yeah. Well, that does
3: make sense because... Walmart shopping model. It's fucked, but it's smart. So for example, you know, you know, the reason why they don't have Apple pay or, uh, or Samsung pay at Walmart, I didn't realize they didn't. So they have that. So it pushes people to use the Walmart app and the Walmart pay on their app. So they get more traffic on their application and they get more transactions through their application instead of having Apple pay or whatever, uh, in store.
2: Damn.
3: Yeah. And I did see Walmart. They really did beef up their online shopping. Like now they have, you know, just like normal subscription, Walmart plus you get like free delivery and stuff like that. And for places, especially down South in the United States, Walmart is a big, big, uh, shopping industry. Like there's super Walmart's everywhere. Even when we went to Utah for Kurt Topi, you saw the yeah. Walmart that was there. It was massive.
2: Yeah, so like now, a parking garage and
3: shit. Yeah. <laughs> now, if you mix that with people, people are lazy, people work from home, people are just busy with their day-to-day lives, they're going to use the, shop, the closest thing to get their items the fastest. And now you have online shopping for Walmart. So let me just use Walmart and get it the same day compared to Amazon, where you can get the same day, but it might take some time, or you might get the next day, but sometimes you need something that instant. Yeah, like, I know. That. I know Zach. He' lazy, so if he can get the same day for cheap from somewhere uh, nearby without leaving his house, he will.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a fair point. I do it too. Uh, that's a fair point, though, because it, Amazon really took off when you know, with the Amazon Prime and the two day shipping uh, and, and all of that stuff. Not to say that they weren't doing really well before then, but that that was like the turning point where they really dominated the online retail market, uh, and others couldn't compete. You know, they didn't have the leverage to get things out that quick and get the delivery times and everything else. Uh, but now you're right with, um, uh, like Walmart doing same day, if not uh, a day or two, just like, like Amazon. Uh, I know target does it, um, you know, and then you got online, you got in store pickup, right? So I I've done it a few times with stores like Best Buy where I just order it online. They have it at the service desk. I just go in there and pick it up. Uh, so I, I immediately I don't have to go to a store now and browse around and hope they have what I'm looking for just to find out that they don't have the shit in stock. I can just go right on the app or on their website, find it, buy it, and then just go pick it up and I know it's gonna be there. So yeah, that's that takes a lot away from them. Not only that, but I know all of you have probably experienced the same thing that I've experienced where it, it seems like going to the days where you're actually getting shit in two days anymore from Amazon. They say it's gonna be in two days. I rarely get Anything. It might be 50 50 where my stuff actually comes in in two days, or it's even when I go to check out, it even says it's going to be here in two days. Uh, You know,
3: oh man, Amazon just hates you. It's like, like sometimes I'll get delays, don't get me wrong, but if it says it's going to be here between 10 and 3, it's usually here by 10 and 3. Absolutely. Like I ordered a package, I ordered a package at 4 a.m. this morning, 4 or 5 a.m. this morning. says so it was going to get here at 10 to 3. It got here at 9.50.
2: Damn. Yeah. Now my mine's always getting delayed. Or if I go to buy something, it's it'll say Amazon, it'll say Prime, right? And I'll look at it, it'll be like, it'll be here in four days. Like what happened to Prime being two days? Yeah, hey, I, I do
3: hate when it does that. <laughs> um another big thing that really picked up during COVID is Instacart and then shipped. Because um, what you see at Target, Target doesn't have its own delivery service. It's using uh shipped in order for that to do that. Uh, Best Buy, when you're doing uh, delivery, like home delivery, they're not using their own delivery. delivery. It's using roadie. Um, those oh, are, really. yeah, those are big services that picked up during COVID because, you know, you couldn't, people weren't leaving their homes and stuff like that. Um, so those are some big industries. Well, I want to say industry, just within the same, but some big companies that really, really increased their revenue recently. Like, when I worked at Best Buy, because uh, I worked at Best Buy between, I got up from, out from the military and picked up the defense contractor, and that was peak COVID, essentially. When I was doing those, uh, like, making the orders, packing packaging the orders for the people, uh, roadie, and you wouldn't believe the amount of people, roadie or shipped, and you wouldn't believe the amount of orders that actually came through for that. It was insane. And then, with the store pickup you were talking about, I worked in the the bay, Uh, that like gave out the orders for store pickup, our bay was always packed and we weren't even a big store. Like you know how that's why they have the classifications of the stores and whatnot. We were like the second classification branch being like the biggest and still a lot. Like those line, that line was absurd usually.
2: Yeah. So easy. So easy. I forget what I bought. I did that recently too. I bought something there. And, uh, yeah, I just went down there, picked it up, and, you know, sometimes I like walking around browsing the store. But, yeah, usually when I'm, at, when I'm at a store, I'm type person, I'm there for a reason. I have a certain list in my head that I'm like, I'm going here for this, and I just go in there, get it, and get out. Yeah, I'm the same way. I, I hate dilly-dallying in a store. Yeah. Every once in a mm-hmm. while, I don't mind browsing around, walking around, but usually. Yeah,
3: I hate it. it. I can't stand it the only thing actually I want to say the only thing but the main thing I know I would browse is Mongolia at Best Buy and for those people who don't know what Mongolia is it's basically the high end TV and sound system section of Best Buy some stores have it some stores don't yeah. but when you walk in there oh my god it is absolutely <laughs> beautiful I can't afford it but <laughs> it's good to look at
0: yeah
2: yeah, they got one at the store down here too. I've been around there, and looked at it. Oh, I
0: know what you're talking about—the room, the room that you walk into. Yeah, it's just, it's yeah, just, it's usually
3: uh, like dark in there and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. I love it.
2: Funny that's that's one aspect of of my house in my life that I really never never put a lot of a lot of attention into is like TVs and and sound systems and all that like. I have a oh, TV man. on the wall. I got a TV on the wall, like. Oh man, I have a. I bought an
3: OLED TV because my other TV broke. It, it hurt my wallet, but I don't think I can ever go back to like a normal, ultra high definition TV or like a QLED TV, whatever. Because OLED just looks absolutely beautiful.
0: Yeah, I got one on Black Friday. Uh, I had the same one for a while, a few years, like a while, while, and then this past black friday i finally upgraded i got a 55 inch samsung for oh, oh. like, like 800 bucks you ever,
3: you ever go into somebody's house and you're watching your tv and like you know why does this tv look super realistic like it's just super fluid and everything
2: i suppose
3: that's basically <laughs> what OLED is. like when you watch it for the first time It's literally like watching or playing actually a 60 FPS game for the first time. Okay. It's just 60. Well, (laughs)
0: 60. Because
3: 60, (laughs) between 60 and less is where you experience the most difference. Yes, you'll experience a difference between like 60 and uh, 144, but it's not as significant between, let's say, like 24 FPS and 60 FPS. Very true it's just it's just a whole nother realm and then when you get to sound sound itself is another expensive hobby like when you start getting to the good high-end headphones not i'm not talking about Bose or sony or anything like that but i'm talking about like sennheiser and other brands like that expensive like those things are fucking expensive Aud- being an audiophile is an expensive hobby i'm not one i just know from reddit and uh youtube reviews Yeah. it's like yeah. If you if you if you're a computer computer enthusiast mixed with an audiophile and whatever else. Yeah, you broke. You're, you're <laughs> broke. Like I'm into cars and computers. I'm broke. I
2: can't be an audiophile. <laughs> I don't really I don't really have anything other than like computers and yeah, I like to play golf, but I don't play as often as as I'd like to, but uh um, yeah, I really have, like, an expensive hobby. I don't want
0: to be Broke Play Magic. I got you. You want to be Broke Play Magic. i sign. sign you up real quick.
2: My, my expensive hobby is, is my family. <laughs> <laughs> Let me give you an example of
3: how expensive uh, being a car enthusiast is. So, the, a cable, just a simple cable. It's like an OBD2 port to a USB cable. That cable cost almost $200. Wait, just for the cable? <laughs> just for the cable. Damn. Yes. Look, I'm not paying $200. I found it for cheaper on Facebook Marketplace, but um, that's how much that cable is. Just for a OBD2 to a USB2 cable. I mean, USB cable.
2: It's, it's absurd. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. No Thanks yeah i never really had an ear or an eye for that kind of stuff like i for example the tv i got upstairs in my living room was an lg tv i bought when uh you remember when 3d tvs were a thing yeah don't and tell I, me you have a 3d tv i do, I do. oh my god gross
3: I do. <laughs> gross i remember when they first came out i wanted one and i just started looking at it more and like doing more research just Trash.
2: (laughs) Uh, They actually worked really well. Have you like have you used one? No. I will not. The 3D feature on it worked really well, but again, I got sucked into the 3D TV kind of hype after I seen it. And then we only used that feature like four times. Don't you need like special glasses for it too? Like specifically made for the TV? Yeah, but the one so that's why I went with the, the LG one that I bought because the glasses that were, um, for that one, were, didn't require power. Like, a lot of them required, like, you had to charge the glasses, and they had actually power in them. These didn't. They were just standalone glasses that just, you know, you could you could actually buy them online if you wanted to, fairly cheap. So, and they weren't heavy and shit like that. So I went with that one, and they actually, it worked really well. But the problem was the, the movie industry really never caught on with the in-home 3D stuff. You When you went to go look for movies, there weren't a whole lot of them. And and I kind of get why, right? Because a 3D movie in itself has to be produced very differently. Even like the way the, the storyline goes and, and the way they portray the characters and all that to, to kind of showcase that 3D. So it, it's a different feel to the movie. So when somebody watches it on a non-3D uh, screen, some of that shit can seem weird to him. Like, why is that character doing that? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like
3: growing up, I love 3d, but now looking back, a lot of them are cheesy, like they would purposely take an object and like push it. So to speak into the screen just to make it 3d. And looking back, it's like, why?
2: Yeah, exactly. That's my point. So imagine if they produced more movies to cater to the 3d crowd. And then you're trying to watch that same movie at home on a non 3d TV or whatever. Like, why the hell are they throwing shit at the screen like that? It doesn't make any sense.
3: I will say though, 4D is actually pretty cool. It's basically just 3D and then like it'll have the seats that move. It'll have like uh, a yeah. smell. Some have smell like, uh, well, I want to go watch Zombieland too. Um, it had like moving seats. If there was like wind, you can feel the wind blowing, and it was 3D. I went to the Philippines, and they had like this like 4D roller coaster type of thing. It actually had like the smell, and then it was like you can feel stuff grab like it wasn't grabbing, but like a uh, brush across the back of your leg and stuff like that.
2: Yeah, they have a lot of those in like Disney and Universal and stuff. Check out down there, pretty cool. I like it. I think they're, they're awesome, but again, that's not really where I've been putting my focus.
3: TVs and audio. I mean, you better find something I know you ain't good at golf.
2: Oh, man, I'm good at golf. Nah, I heard the stories. What stories? Ain't no stories. I'm good. At <laughs> when we worked at GD, I heard your, uh,
3: I don't know what the fuck it's called. I don't play golf, but just heard it's trash.
2: <laughs> well, you heard golf was trash you heard I was nah, trash. I heard you were trash man I'm good nah, well, I have told you funny. those stories I guarantee you I beat them every time we play
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> if only Paul was here to confirm <laughs> I don't know I can't confirm every time but even Justin too I know Justin he's bad he's really bad but no I'm not I'm not good by any means like but I hold my own. I I could be out there and play, and I have fun. You know me if I try to play golf, I blow on my back.
0: <laughs> yeah, y'all don't want to see me out on the green, man. It's embarrassing. I can't even do top golf, let alone hitting the fucking. Mm, mm, mm. I was not born to do golf at all. That's for sure. <laughs> see, my problem with golf is that golf. I even have
3: this problem with basketball because basketball is relatively good, but then there's just a period between like. End of middle school into high school where I just lost the gauge of my own strength. So mm. I think I'm hitting lightly, nah. I'm putting full force into that shit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> There's a period of time in my life that I was I was pretty good at basketball. No, you weren't. Yeah, I was, man. No, you weren't. Yeah, I was. And then yeah, I fell off. And then I stopped playing, and then uh, everybody else around me was you getting bigger.
0: Fell off a while ago. Nah.
2: Everybody else got bigger. Nah, everybody else getting bigger, and uh Same. you
3: know, <laughs> and this—that's the reason why I started playing football, especially defensive side. You don't need—you don't need to gauge your strength. You got to hit somebody. That's it.
2: Well, that's why I stopped playing both, because everybody was getting bigger and I wasn't. Like I was—I I think I got taller and all that, and I was for my age, I was. Fairly tall up and through, you know, my first couple of years in high school. And then everybody else got real big and, and I wasn't. So um, <laughs> I had to leave. So, I remember the first season I played
3: football. It was wee football. I was only about, I'll say like 120. didn't hit my growth spurt yet. Well, everybody else hit their growth spurt already. Like there was this dude who was like 5'11", 160, and he was a linebacker. My coach put me. My coach put me at O line, O line and D line. (laughs) (laughs) The only reason why he put me at that position is because, like, once I started blocking someone, or you know how I'm defensive, sometimes you have to plug up the hole and stuff like that. Yeah. Once I put my hands on somebody's pad, I was not letting go. (laughs) He called. He called me moth hands. (laughs) Because you you weren't you weren't like once I had my grasp on you, you weren't going anywhere. And don't know how I did it as a 120 pound kid and then high school 130, but I don't know.
2: They probably don't want you on O line then. If you're putting your hands up, people not let go.
3: Oh, O line, you got to be smart about it. Man. The rest, what the rest don't see mm-hmm. it won't get called.
2: No way I was going to be. I was a long snapper though. I was, uh, I played my last. Couple of years, I was a uh, wide receiver, and I would also play some defensive end. And what really this is kind of what told me, alright, man, you're done." Uh, aside from getting laid out by safeties when I when I was uh, catching <laughs> balls as a wide receiver, but I was playing defensive end, and and they did a sweep, right? And I, I'll never ever forget this play. They were they were on a sweep, and I come off the edge, and I see the tailback coming at me with the fullback blocking. And when I tell you, I got hit so fucking hard that my feet went up in the eye, I ain't and playing with you. I got, hit, I got turned oh asshole, And man, and I got up and I was like, Nope, Nope. That's enough. That's enough. Cause I like you, man, I'm like, I was smaller than you, obviously. Right. I was, I, you know, and everybody can get bigger. I'm like, yo, this is too much. I'm gonna get killed out here.
3: Yeah, <laughs> and I did see a scenario like that um, Kid, he was pretty small And then he was I don't you know what position he was playing But the dude I told you about who was like 5'11", 160 He got laid out by him <laughs> The small kid ended up breaking his vertebrae
2: Yeah, fuck that
3: Yeah Luckily he, luckily he was fine He ended up joining the military and all that He's like cool guy uh, But he was laid out on the field He was not moving an inch like everybody was watching
0: me like yo is he dead (laughs) i ain't gonna lie i had a mom who didn't let me play football i wanted to she made me run i did i did cross country for fucking eight years that's what i did damn i I did cross country for one year i said never again i ended up being uh, top 10 in the state by the time i was a senior i had broke so many fucking records um and then just for two years afterwards, somewhere younger to come in and absolutely demolish everything I did by like minutes, <laughs> minutes, fucking wrecked everything. Like, just right, no, cool. no, my legacy. No, seriously, though, like <laughs> destroyed it. It was I, I, bad.
3: I knew cross country wasn't for me because when on the first day they say, all right, warm up time, run a mile and a half. Mile and a half, and then a warm up. That should, a should I jog? What you mean? <laughs> I was like, nope. And then it's ironic I ended up of joining the branch with the highest PT standards, literally running three miles just for a test, <laughs> <laughs> which is funny. Uh, shit.
0: Yeah, I remember thing. that being the uh, uh, original. That was the only thing I was good at when I first went in. It's obviously, it was straight out of high school. I was like peak fitness shape when I went in. Um. But even then, like, truthfully, I really only ran. Like I never really cared about my upper torso or anything like that. I wasn't like a skinny fucking, you know, twig or anything, but I certainly wasn't doing hundreds of push ups and stuff like that, you feel me? So I think that was the biggest uh, hurdle that I had going in PT wise. Um, it didn't it didn't shit. It wasn't until like my fourth or fifth fourth or fifth PT test in which I was doing over a hundred push ups. Uh, it took a while. Yeah, we don't do
3: push-ups is a new thing in the Marine Corps, actually. I, I think they instituted that as a replacement for pull-ups. I was 20, say about Yeah, but you can't max out your score when you do push-ups. And then a perfect score for pull-ups for anybody that's 17 through 20 or 21 is 21 pull-ups. Any, once you get older, between 22 and I think like 30, 30 years old or 35 years old, your perfect score is twenty-three pull-ups.
0: Gotcha. Mm. Yeah, ours sure. yeah, was uh, push-ups, sit-ups, sit and a mile—or not mile run, fucking two-mile run. Oh man, a mile was Air Force. <laughs> Thanks. And you can walk that shit too. <laughs> Straight up.
2: <laughs> All right. What's well, that time, guys? Yeah. yeah. We're talking. We want to hear about the military stuff. Uh, anyway, before we end this week's affinity protocol, I'll make sure anybody got anything else they want to add to close it out. Uh it's pretty eventful. A lot of, a lot of information thrown around today. I'm, I'm happy with, uh, today's show. Hope everybody enjoyed, uh, listening. What you got, Zach, Paul, Chris, whoever wants to add last minute thoughts to today's, close it out.
0: Not the man, I just hope everybody has a good weekend. We're getting snow over this way again, so it looks like I ain't doing shit today. Uh, oh, I gotta check the sucks. bill on that. Yeah, we
3: what? just got snow yesterday.
0: Yeah. It's supposed to snow for the next few hours over here, so I probably won't do anything, go shovel later. We got that uh, that fight tonight, that fucking Jake Paul, Tommy Fury fight tonight, so uh, I don't know, we might watch that. <laughs> I'd like to see Jake Hulk get his ass knocked out for once that shit would yeah, be I would, cold uh, I'll w- I watch the highlights uh, I'm waiting for it nah, I got you I'll send you a website watch that shit <laughs> I
2: got you fool alright cool cool I'll stream it on the PC alright well in that case Nobody else nobody else got anything
3: and nothing else for me except for people who are gonna be in that winter storm supposedly that's supposed to be pretty rough on the east coast stay safe if you don't got to drive, don't drive. Make sure to salt your driveway if you can. And once again, be careful.
2: Basically what Chris is saying is if anybody's not going to be around that storm, then he doesn't care if you're going to be safe. Yep, basically. That's, That's what right. I heard. <laughs> <laughs> nah, i played, But uh, anyway, thanks everybody for coming out. Thank you to uh, to, to everybody at TV Radio uh, for hosting this podcast once again. Uh, we look forward to uh friday and next next sunday well not this yeah next two weeks two weeks from now not sure how to communicate that uh two weeks from now every two weeks uh, affinity protocol right here on uh net and also on twitch at some point we will start getting this live on uh youtube as well so until then Uh, we'll, we'll see you all around and thanks for coming by. Appreciate it. Hit
1: us up on Facebook and Twitter.